This is Let's Talk Arts and Entertainment, 92.7 WMAY, Springfield's News and Talk. And as I always like to say, there is a lot going on around town. Lots of shows are coming back, live performances, and uh, one of those shows is... Driving Miss Daisy being put on by Spencer Theatre Company in the Hoagland Center for the Arts. I am here with the director, Chuck McHugh, and Tim Crawford, who is playing Hoke. How are you guys? Doing good, Kevin. Thank you for having us. Good. Thanks for having us in. Yeah, thanks uh, Thanks for being on. So, so Driving Miss Daisy, um, I think a while ago I might have seen the movie, but I've never seen it on stage. I'm not super familiar with it. Um, so, so for me and for, of course, some people listening who may not be as familiar with uh, Driving Miss Daisy, uh, what's what's the show all about and sort of some of the history of it? Well, the show was originally a play. Um, I don't remember whether it was Broadway or Off-Broadway, to be frank, but it won a Pulitzer Prize, and it uh, garnered enough attention in Hollywood to, to become a film. And the film, uh, as I recall, won Best Picture that year. Uh, and also uh, the playwright uh, who wrote the screenplay as well won an Academy Award for Original Screenplay. Uh, well, wouldn't be original, be adapted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and one of the things that, one of the contrasts between the movie and the play is that the play only has three characters uh, and is very centered on those, on those three. And one of the things that does is it helps to bring out the sort of the, the, the humor and the emotional pieces. Uh, and I would also say that uh, one of the things I, I love about doing the show is that it, it, it also helps highlight the, the, um, not only the, the relationship between Miss Daisy and uh, Hoke, my character, but it, it shows it over a period of time. The, the play begins in 1948 and takes us through their relationship and their lives in Atlanta f- into uh, 1973, which also means that it parallels and tracks with the civil rights movement up to a large extent. Um, and one of the things I, I'm doing a lot of talking on, but one of the things that, that struck me when I saw the film again recently was that I had forgotten that Miss Daisy and her son Bully were Jewish. And that's a very important part of the show. And for some, I feel like that, that aspect of it is tamped down a little bit in the film and it really the way uh, Chuck has envisions the show um, and I'll let Chuck talk for himself but um, that that becomes a very important part of the, the, the show yeah absolutely and I've heard um, I, I heard a, a, a little bit um, as, as Bishop was talking with you guys um, but uh, I'll ask you Chuck because we've shared the stage a couple of times and we've done these um, you know big you know musicals big you know dance numbers and everything uh, Driving Miss Daisy uh, as Tim said is three people and it's very much just sort of um, you know done you know just three people you got the script and the actors and, and so uh so what's it like, you know, directing a show like that and putting on a show um, that's, um, you know, very, uh, very contained? Well, it has its benefits because uh, we've had nearly eight months together because of the coronavirus, the Omicron variant shutting us down just shortly before we were getting ready to open yeah. and then revising it. And so with a small cast like this, I've gotten to know each of the individuals, all the personality uh and watch them grow and develop with these characters uh, individually. When you have a big cast like that, it, it's kind of tough. Uh, 
It's not what we've been doing out uh, at the lake with the big musical numbers. <laughs> uh, and it's not the movie Driving yeah. Miss Daisy. The script is nearly identical, but we don't have the big shiny cars. We don't have the big post-war houses. That's what I remember as a young man watching that movie. I love period pieces, and done as a as a big gala uh, period piece like that. That was what fascinated me. It wasn't until I actually read the script and and really got into uh, the deep material that's in here. As as Tim said, uh, I didn't remember the Jewish angle on this at all either. But the show deals with the prejudices and bias and the bigotry that that everybody is dealing with. It's not just the the obvious black versus white or Christian versus Jew. It's all the little subgroups below that. How do the Orthodox Jews view the Reformed Jews? Uh, how do the the black farmers feel about the coastal fishermen? It's just it's a it was really eye opening to see how deep uh, Alfred Uri took the, uh, the, the prejudices that we have. Not uh, you know, when, we, when we think about bigotry and prejudice, we think the big violent acts. And it's some of the more subtle, uh, what did I, I call it, uh, uh, passive racism or passive uh, anti-Semitism, where, where people, aren't, people aren't killing people, but they are marginalizing them, and that's in my mind, even more damaging. Yeah, I, it's it's um, a, a lot of material, you know, went into this this play, and it, and it speaks a lot. Um, the fact that um, it is just you know this play and the three actors, and uh, you're able to do so much with that. With um, I mean, obviously the show, you know, won the Pulitzer Prize, but I mean, the, you know, the reason for that, you know, being such a powerful story. It is, it um, and uh, a st- uh, you know. It, I think we're doing it without the distractions. Yeah. That, that's an okay. important thing to me because it – we have – Felicia Coulter is our daisy. Oh, yes. And she is she is so fabulous in that role. And, and uh, Greg Floyd is her son. Bully is uh, – he's – He's not comic relief for the show, but he does have some very funny scenes, <laughs> and he plays them so well when he when he is being funny and when he's being serious. Um, he has a very one very particularly serious monologue that uh, he delivers so well. Uh, but then the man sitting next to me here, uh, Tim Crawford, embodies Hoke in a way that uh, well, I knew that he could. I was offered this. I was offered the director's chair on this show, and I said, I know who I want for the three characters. Yeah. And if I can get one of them, then I'll I'll do the show. And I got lucky, and all three of them said yes. So here I am with my dream team. And uh, as you said, it, it's it's a really stripped-down version, practically bare stage. It all falls on these three characters, and they do such an amazing job. I'm thinking you also shared that information with the three of us. I think you told me that you were getting Felicia and Greg, and I think you told Greg that you were getting <laughs> me. And that, that all helped bring us together because we are we are uh, a terrific team together. You, you certainly are. Yes, very, uh, very exciting. Uh, it's going to be very, very good to see this. The show is uh, opening this weekend and playing next weekend, and it is um, at the Hoagland, and it is 
Uh, where is it playing in the Hoagland? Because it, it, it is a sort of a familiar space, but there's a bit of a uh, something new about it. What has been referred to as Theater 3 has go- gone through a renovation and recently had a dedication, and it is now the Peggy Ryder Theater on the third floor, and we are, uh, Driving Miss Daisy will be the inaugural production in that theater. Very good. Uh, very exciting. Yes, so that is uh, this weekend and next weekend. Uh, where can people get their tickets? Well, they can go to the Hoagland Center for the Arts website, or they can call 217-523-2787, and uh, they can handle them through there. The the website is the preferred method these days, uh, but the phone number is there. All right, and you can still, of course, get tickets at the box office, I'm yes. sure. So, uh, to Tim, Chuck, thank you guys so much for joining me and break legs this weekend and next. Thanks, Thanks Kevin. Thank you.